morning, everybody. How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Good to see y'all this morning. I hope you came ready to praise the Lord. I uh, hope you get everybody get an extra hour of sleep last night. No. Oh yeah, that's I got the wrong one, don't I? Amen. Boo, boo, hiss. I know. But look at y'all. Look at y'all. Y'all look bright. Y'all actually look bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Y'all look more awake today than I see you on some other Sundays. Amen. Let's all stand, and we're going to worship the Lord, and uh, we're going to start with a little because he lives. How many of you believe because he lives, I can face tomorrow, amen? All right, everybody ready? Here we go. Two, one, two, three, four. Come on, put your hands together. Help us out. Yeah, come on.
step offering this morning? Amen. How many of you believe that? Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. He's our hope. He is our Savior. He is everything to us. Amen. Well, as you can tell, Miss Julie, my beautiful bride, is not here this morning. So I give you my beauty instead. Amen. Uh, and I know that's not near good enough. All right. Miss Julie, though, pray for her. She's over uh, leading worship at First Baptist Kilgore this morning. And so pray for her that everything uh, goes well there. She'll probably be here by the time we get done because they start at 1015 over there. So uh, you'll get graced with her beauty at the end. All right. All right. We're going to continue on, though. Uh, you're stuck with me. But I do have the beautiful Miss Tracy here. Amen. Give her a big hand. All right. And uh, we're going to sing Your Grace is Enough. How many of you believe that this morning? Amen. Here we go. Your Grace is Enough. Here we go. Come on, put your hands together. Help me out. Yeah, come on. Your Grace is Enough, Lord. Amen. Here we go. Great is your
Amen. Yes. Come on. His grace is enough for you. And I tell you what, now that you, some of you, you lost that smile. Put that smile back on. We had it going earlier. Everybody put a smile back on. Turn to somebody next to you and say, you sure do look good this morning. All right. Tell somebody, let's fellowship, and we're going to continue to worship in just a moment. fellowship that's some good fellowship if you would you can find your place and be seated we got a few announcements all right it is so good to see everybody i'm so glad you got up out of the bed i'm let me just i'm proud of y'all amen because there's somebody who's still in the bed this morning amen i'm proud of y'all for getting up out of the bed losing that hour of sleep amen but uh, I believe the Lord's going to bless you for it. Amen. All right. If you'll be seated, uh, one of the things we're going to do, uh, first, first things first, if you are a guest today for the first time or second time, would you lift up a hand? We don't want to embarrass you, but we do want to get you a visitor card. Amen. Uh, you're all right. We got one right here, brother. Fill it out so I know you were here. All right. <laughs> Even though it ain't your first time. Amen. All right, awesome. Just fill that out, put it in the offering basket when it comes by. Anybody else? Everybody else is uh, home folk? All right. We're so glad that you're here this morning. Hey, let me give you just a few announcements. Uh, this is, uh, we kind of had a double whammy. Uh, quite honestly, I, I'm, I'm uh, glad the crowd is as good as it is because we not only had time change Sunday today, we also, this is the beginning of spring break also. So uh, it's what I call a double whammy Sunday, amen. That's preacher talk. Preachers, all preachers are the only ones that keep up with all that stuff. But it's a double whammy because we uh, we're losing our sleep, plus it's the beginning of spring break. Uh, and so uh, we know that there's lots of other places you could be. But praise the Lord. The, the Lord made the gas prices so high you can't go anywhere anyway. Amen? So, <laughs> so it didn't quite have quite the effect it normally does. Amen? All right. Well, we're so glad that you're here. Uh, don't forget uh, Wednesdays. We have uh, Wednesday morning Bible study. 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., and then uh, Wednesday nights we have uh, dinner at 6, and then we have uh, Bible studies for all ages. But because it is spring break, right, uh, Brother uh, Martin, I'm looking over at you, uh, no, no youth service this week, right, because of spring break? Or, or, or are you going to have it? Going to have it. Again, they ain't going nowhere, amen? Uh, we're approaching $5 a gallon. That keeps everybody at home, amen? So, uh, so we will have the full slate of everything uh, on, uh, on Wednesday, even though it's spring break, because we figure most people are staying in town anyway, all right? So uh, 6 o'clock dinner, 7 o'clock Bible study for all ages. Youth service in here, kids service in the middle, adult Bible study uh, in the fellowship hall. Uh, don't forget uh, Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. So uh, get up an hour earlier. Come on if you would. And uh, don't forget... 
uh, your giving. Uh, you can uh, do your giving here today in an envelope with check or cash, but you can also give online. We set that up. Uh, that's easier for a lot of people these days. You can simply go to giving.landmarktyler.com, and you can set it up. One, you, all you have to do is set it up one time, and then you can uh, pay online uh, real easy after that. Uh, let's see. We have life recovery class. Brother Terry, that's uh, still going on uh, this, today. Okay. Uh, okay, 2 o'clock today, life recovery class. Uh, we have that here in one of the classrooms. Uh, that is for anybody that uh, struggles with addictions, uh, struggles with anything. And really, as we've said before, all of life, all of sin is an addiction. So in reality, we're all addicts to some degree. Uh, but whatever you struggle with, this is a class on how to, how to get past that. Maybe you're just struggling in things that you just can't seem to get past. And so it's not too late to join. There's a workbook. You come, but it's uh, mainly a discussion group, a time for people to just be able to, uh, to share what's on their heart. So come at 2 o'clock. Brother Tracy will be teaching that and uh, have been having a wonderful time on that. And then a ladies' fellowship. There's a ladies' fellowship for Saturday, March the 26th. We had it at 4, but we bumped it to 5 because I, uh, Julie, didn't realize uh, my Aunt Pat, uh, who lives over here in uh, Alba Golden, uh, she's turning 90 on the 26th amen uh so we're gonna go celebrate with her and then we're gonna come home so we bumped it from four to five so that gives us time to get back from alba golden so ladies five o'clock there is a sign-up sheet over on the table over there it's gonna be at the trammel household uh, i'll be there to test all the food make sure everything's okay for you uh, so you bring the food i will be the taste tester all right uh, so that'll be at our house at five o'clock on march the 26th and again there's a sign-up sheet if you're gonna come uh, sign up on that so we know how many to expect on that. I think that is everything. And again, we're so glad to see you uh, here this morning. Uh, let's uh, stand again, if you would. We're going to continue to worship uh, our unstoppable God because he is an unstoppable God. Can I get an amen on that? All right, here we go. One, two, three, four. Here we go. Overcome Mercy 
Sing this with me. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all. All to paid it all, all to him I owe, sin. 
Soon. 
this morning. Thank you, Lord. You're a good, good father who loves your children, Father God. Thank you so much for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, you've been far better to us than we deserve. And God, I pray today that, God, you would just be with us as we continue to worship you through the preaching of your word. Lord, move me out of the way. Holy Spirit of God, use me as your vessel. And God, I pray that, Lord, we would just be full of your Holy Spirit today. Fill this room with your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. All right, let's give the Lord one more clap offering, if you would. Amen. Uh, If you have children for Children's Church, uh, you can send them on. Give our children's uh, church workers a big hand. Always a sacrifice for us. Thank you guys for serving. You may have noticed Brother Tristan over here playing drums for us. You might have thought Robert uh, Robert got younger and grew hair, amen? That is not. That is Robert's son, amen? And Tristan, thank you for coming and playing. Didn't he do a great job this morning, amen? Yeah, amen. All right.
Well, we are going to uh, continue on. Last week, we talked about the restless soul, and today we're going to talk about the heavy soul, all right? The heavy soul. Anybody living in this day and time know you just your soul gets heavy sometimes? Your spirit gets heavy? Amen. We talked about this last week, that the, the Bible states that we are not uh, we are not a body with a soul. We are a soul with a body. And so God created the soul first. Then he created this body around it. And as we explained last week, this body is just temporary, isn't it? In fact, the Apostle Paul compared this body to a tent. It wasn't even a permanent house. It was just a tent, something you take up and take down real quick. That's how uh, temporary our bodies are. And, uh, you know, our bodies tend to give out, don't they? The older I'm getting, the more I realize I'm like an old 57 Chevy, amen? My parts just keep giving out, amen? But that's just part of getting older, isn't it? And that's what happens. That's the natural process of aging is that we get older and our bodies start to give out. And that's God's way of telling you, guess what? You are not immortal. You are mortal. And guess what? There will be, an, unless the Lord comes back, uh, your body's going to have to die, okay? And so you need to understand that. But guess what? Your soul will live on. Amen. Ooh, that ought to make a Baptist want to shout. Uh, to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. Boy, what a great promise from God's word. Amen. And uh, listen, sometimes we can get discouraged. I know it's hard. I know when we go through this life today, it is hard to not be discouraged, and it's hard to find people who are not discouraged these days. But I'm here to tell you, we have the hope of heaven. We have the hope of Christ. And one of the main reasons we don't have to be discouraged is because we know it does not depend on this body. It does not depend on our physical circumstances. I wish I could tell you I could come into your life and I could change all of your circumstances, all the bad ones anyway. I wish I could tell you, hey, you know what? I'm going to show up at your house tomorrow and I'm going to snap my fingers. I'm going to change all those bad circumstances into really good circumstances. But I don't have the power to do that. And you know what? Many times God, we were talking about this in our prayer time with the, with the band, is uh, that, you know, many times and probably even most of the time, God chooses to leave us in our tough circumstances. Peace is not the absence of trouble. Did you get that? Peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is the ability to have peace in the midst of trouble. You see, the 23rd Psalm says that he will lead you beside still waters. He will help you find rest for your soul. But if you back it up just a little bit, right before that, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Well, that doesn't make any sense, does it? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. What he's telling you is, I'm not going to remove you from the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to walk through it with you, and I'm going to let you find still waters and peace and rest for your soul in the midst of it. Woo! Come on, amen? That ought to give you goosebumps. I think I just got Holy Spirit goosebumps, Amen? All right, so we're going to jump in today. The heavy soul. How do we get rid of the heavy soul? Many people uh, are smiling on the outside, but they're heavy, heavy, heavy on the inside. Now, is there anything wrong with putting on a smile when you really don't feel like putting on a smile? No, nothing wrong with it at all. I've discovered this. Most people got their own problems. They really don't want to hear mine at length. Because I can sit here and I can tell you mine all day. Amen. 
but you're patiently waiting because you're going, I wish he'd shut up so I could tell him my problems. Amen. Because that's it. Your problems seem more difficult. Why? Because they're your problems. My problems don't seem to affect you that much because they're my problems. And so we need to understand sometimes, and listen, I'm not saying that we should all go through life, you know, just, man, life is bad. And I think it's good sometimes to, in the midst of hard times, finding joy. You know what the difference between joy and happiness is? Happiness is completely and totally based on your circumstances. That's why you can wake up some days and your circumstances are pretty good that day. And so you go, ooh, I'm going to smile today. This is going to be a good day because, you know, my circumstances seem pretty good today. But then you wake up the next day and your circumstances have turned back bad again. And so you get up and you go, oh, man, it's a Monday. It's going to be Monday all week long. Happiness is based on those circumstances. It's based on how you wake up in the morning, what side of the bed you get up on that morning. And so your happiness is very much controlled by your circumstances. Joy says this, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And joy says I'm going to be joyful no matter what my circumstances. So that means some days when all the circumstances are bad, am I going to go around, do I want anybody to know I'm having a bad day? No, that means some days in the midst of, you know, my circumstances are not great, but the, you know what, today I choose to be joyful. So I'm going to put that smile on my face, and I'm going to choose to be joyful today. You know when that verse says, that's probably a very misquoted verse, the joy of the Lord is my strength. We take that as to mean, well, then the Lord's going to make me happy, the Lord's going to give me joy, and that's going to be my strength. That's not what that verse means. That joy says, I choose joy today. It is a choice. You see, many of us think love. We think love is the same way. We think our emotions are just happenstance. And we think love. What is love? Now, look at my two lovebirds over here. Amen. I got Chris and Sarah. Look at him. Got his arm around her. I mean, the love in his eyes. And we're all looking going, Sarah, what were you thinking? My Lord, honey. But, you know, he outkicked his coverage just like the rest of us men. Amen. But there's great joy. But love... Love, real love, long-lasting love is not just sweaty palms. Now, I know, Chris, you probably got them sweaty palms when they first met. It's not the butterflies in the stomach. It's not the, the goo-goo eyes at each other. Real, true, long-lasting love is a choice. And there's even a book out, and it's a good book. Read it. Love is a choice. A love like this is going to last for years and years and until the, the kind of love that lasts until death do its part, that's a choice. Because guess what? Have you been married longer than a couple of weeks? I have, and I don't feel like loving that other person every day. Amen. Now, she's not here today, so I can talk about her a little. Amen. Quite honestly, she gets on my nerves some days. Amen. And I probably never get on her nerves. But I have to choose. We have to choose every single day. Whether I feel like it that day or not, I get up and I say, I don't feel much like loving my spouse today, but I choose to love my spouse because I stood before God in my family and friends and I made a covenant with God amen love is a choice well guess what joy is kind of the same thing it's an emotion but you choose it all right so don't give me that excuse why do you look so mad all the time you ever you ever looked at people and just want to ask them that why do you look so mad all the time you look so angry all the time well that's just the way I feel I can't help it 
just the way I am. It's just the way I, no, that is not just the way you are. That is not just the way you're wired. That's what you choose to live in. Amen. You may say, well, you don't know my circumstances. Once again, joy is a choice. It's not based on your circumstance. We all have rough circumstances, but I need to choose to live in the Lord and live in the joy of the Lord. So that means today, my car wouldn't start this morning. My wife would not leave me alone. She griped at me all morning. I get to work and the boss gripes at me all morning. But I choose. I'm going to put this in my morning. I choose the joy of the Lord. Amen. Love is a choice. Joy is a choice. Quite honestly, nobody wants to be around somebody that looks like they're going to murder somebody every day. Amen. And probably a lot of you work with people like that. You ever work with that person who looks like they just might snap and murder somebody at any point in time? Nobody wants to be. Who wants to be around that person? You be honest with me. You see that person coming down the hall at work. What do you do? Everybody's diving in rooms trying to get away. They don't want to be around that person. Choose. You don't want to be that person. Choose to live in the joy of the Lord. Your smile on your face will make a difference in somebody's life. When somebody sees you coming down the hall and they see that smile and they see the joy of the Lord on your face, they want to be around that. They want to be around that positivity. They don't want to be around the negativity. It's a little pet peeve of mine. I love you, but if you're negative, I want to love you from over here. True? If you're negative, I love you, but I'm a glass half full person. So I love you, but I need you. I'm going to love you. you. You go over there in the back corner over there, and I'm going to love you from this corner over here. Amen? Because life is too short. I'm not going to surround myself with that negativity. So I choose. I want to be around positive people. I want to be around joyful people. Amen? Hitting a nerve? Because, listen, we all need to be there. Listen, we all feel bad sometimes, but I've got a choice. Am I going to make everybody around, else around me feel bad, or am I going to try to let the joy of the Lord be my strength? I will tell you this, and this is the truth. When I don't feel good and when I'm in a bad mood, then who, who usually am I taking that out on? The people closest to me. And I'm making everybody around me unhappy. I'm making my spouse unhappy. I'm making my kids unhappy. Why? Because... I get told sometimes, you're just an old stick in the mud today. And it's probably true because what is our natural inclination? When I don't feel good or I'm having a bad day, I want everybody around me to know it, and I want everybody around me to have a bad day just like I'm having. But the true joy of the Lord is being able to say, you know what, I'm going to rise above this. My wife doesn't deserve this. My kids don't deserve this. And I need to get myself in a better mood because all I'm doing is dragging everybody else down with me. Amen. So a heavy soul. How do we not have a heavy soul? We have a generation of people with a low-grade depression. Now, not everybody in here is clinically depressed. But you know what I do find is we live in America, and most Americans live with a what I call a low-grade depression. You ever had a low-grade fever? It's not a real high fever. It's not a, a, a fever enough to make you feel like you got the flu, but you just got that low-grade fever that just kind of just makes you feel not quite right. You don't have the energy that you normally have. That's kind of what we get. We live in a culture today, and most Americans suffer from a low-grade depression. Maybe you can't even put your finger on it. Maybe you just have this depression, this just enough low-grade depression during the daytime that you can't even quite put your finger on what it is. You just know, I'm not right, I'm not happy, and things just aren't quite where I want them to be. 
And so we, I believe we suffer from that. We live in a culture that cultivates that, okay? Um, nothing's horribly wrong. It just seems like nothing is just right either, okay? So why are our souls heavy? I'm going to give you three things. Why are our souls heavy? Number one, it's heavy with hurts from the past. Uh, Lamentations chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. It says, remember my affliction and my roaming, the wormwood and the gall, my soul still remembers and sinks within me. The book of Lamentations. If you want to really get depressed, go read the book of Lamentations. You know what Lamentations are? They're laments. They're gripes. They're complaints. So go. if you want to get really depressed, go read that book. Amen. And he is lamenting in here. My soul, my soul remembers and sinks within me. In other words, my past weighs me down. You ever been there? Now, your past... Once again, I wish I could walk into your life because in a room this size and with, the, with this many people, some of you have been through some terrible things. And I'm not, trying to, I'm not sitting here trying to make light of any of them. Some of you have suffered physical abuse. Some of you grew up and you suffered sexual abuse. Some of you suffered verbal abuse. Some of you suffered emotional abuse. And I wish I could walk, again, I wish I could walk into your life and I could snap my fingers and change that and you wouldn't have to have that in your past. But guess what? I can't do that. But here's the thing. You have a choice to either remain and live and let that past lock you up or say, Lord Jesus, I need you to set me free from that past. And I need to get past it so that my present can be better. Amen. Your present will never be better until you work past your past. Okay, and you let the Lord have it, and you just got to let go of it. All that bitterness, all that poison, who is that poisoning? The other person? No. You think it does. You think it does up here. Ooh, I'm going to hate them so much. I'm just going to hate them so much that it's going to get over there on them. It don't work that way. That poison and that gall and that bitterness, that's eating you alive. That's killing you from the inside out. Okay? So get past the past. All right? Um, heavy with hurts from the past. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe a friend hurt you, stabbed you in the back. Maybe um, uh, you feel like God let you down. Maybe you made a bad financial decision and it cost you everything. Uh, maybe you missed an opportunity in life and you can't get past it and you feel like I'll never get that opportunity again and my life would have been different if I had just not missed that opportunity. Listen, whatever it is, it's already gone. It's already gone by, and you cannot change it. Quit living in the past. Many people never move on because they, they're simply locked down, and they have a chain, a ball and chain around their ankle from the past, and they will never, the devil will make sure that you will never move past that. Quit living in the past. Quit letting it drag you under and let go of it. And quit living in that. Let, quit letting the devil lie to you and say, well, you got this in your past. You could never do anything for God. Listen, that, do you know what God has forgiven people in their past? Murder. You look at the Apostle Paul. Who was he before? He was Saul. What was his job? Murdering Christians. Amen. King David. What did King David do? King David had an affair, then had the husband killed to cover it up. So we're already into adultery, murder, and then because he was so powerful, nobody would question him. 
he was just he just swept it under the rug until Nathan the prophet shows up one day and tells him a story. You remember that about somebody taking a sheep that's not theirs, and then he turns on David and says, "David, that's you. You could have had any woman in the kingdom that you desired and wanted, but you took something that was not yours. It belonged to Uriah, and then you had him killed to cover it up. And then Bathsheba becomes pregnant, and the trouble of that household goes on all the way it never stops but king david was restored what does the bible say king david was restored and he was a man after god's own heart and he asked god to restore him and god restored him if god can forgive david of all that don't you think that he can forgive you of your stuff it's probably not near that bad god forgives god can set us free and move us on now does that mean we're free of the consequences no King David was not free of the consequences. There was trouble in his household from that day all the way until his death. But I'm here to, he didn't let it stop him. King David was restored to his rightful place. He was restored back to the Lord, and God continued to use him. But he still lived and dealt with the consequences of that sin. Amen? But he didn't let it lock him down. God went on and used King David, okay? All right, number two, heavy with trouble in the present. Maybe your problem is not your past. Maybe your problem is in the right now. All right? So it's heavy with trouble in the present. The scripture for this one is Job chapter 4, verse 5. It says, but now it comes upon you, and you are weary. It touches you, and you are troubled. Anybody remember what all Job had to go through? Job lost everything. His whole family was killed. All of his kids were killed. Uh, he lost everything financially. He lost all of his property, lost everything, and then what happens? Then he begins to get these boils on his body. So now he's not only lost everything, he's now losing his health. He's losing his physical health, and he's getting sick. And everybody around him tells him to what? Curse God and die. Forget God. Is this the way God is treating you? You've been faithful all your life, and this is the way that God is treating you. So maybe that's you today. You say, God, I don't deserve this. And God, I'm here to tell you, I got nothing for you, God. I got no love for you because this is the way you're treating me in my presence. Many people today want to turn their back on God because they feel like God has not been fair to them and God is not doing them right in the present. And I'm here to tell you, God's been better to you than you deserve. Maybe you say, well, Brother Mark, how do you figure? Give it one thought. I'll, I'll put it in terms of today. What if you were born in the Ukraine? What if you were a 30, 40-year-old person with a family of four or five kids and you happened to be born in the Ukraine? What would your life be like right now? Have you read any of it? Have you watched any of the videos? Your life would be completely different. I read something this morning from a Christian over there that basically said, we're here at the church and the only place we can eat, the only food is at the church. And the church is having to feed people. And everybody's houses have been decimated. There's corpses lying in the street. Um, there's no power. All the power lines are all laying in the street. Uh, most people's houses are gone. And so they're having to sleep at the church. They're getting fed at the church. And we have nothing. We don't know how we're going to survive. That could be you. And you want to gripe because you live in America and your house isn't instead of you know i wish i had four thousand square feet instead of 2500 square feet well boo-hoo baby amen you know 
Do we, do we even know what hard times are? No. Do we, we even know what persecution is? No. And yet we were the first to gripe and complain. Why are Americans some of the worst with depression when we have it the best of anybody else in the world? Does that make any sense to you? We're number one in depression and number one in prosperity. Does that make any sense? No, absolutely not. But again, what do we do? The devil lies to us. You poor pitiful thing. God don't love you. If God loved you, you'd have that 4,000 square foot house. You know, if God loved you, then, uh, you know, your kids would act better. Or if God loved you, you, you wouldn't have to go through this. Your boss wouldn't be so mean to you if God really loved you. We just want to get all of the excuses out of the way. There's an old song. Uh, we got revival coming up. I forgot to mention that too. We're going to do revival end of April. And uh, we're going to have the Floyd boys back. And I'm going to get the Floyd boys to sing this song. We didn't sing it the last time. Excuses. Y'all ever remember that old Southern gospel song, Excuses? We can come up with every excuse in the world. We're great at justifying everything. And we got all the excuses in the world. I'm here to tell you, though, throw the excuses out. God does not want to hear our excuses. I'm sure there are people who had a lot of excuses why they're not sitting right here this morning. Does, it, does God really take our excuses? No, God knows if you really wanted to be there, you'd have got up out of bed and you'd have got there. Amen. There are no excuses. We can throw all of our excuses away. Amen. Those things that you really want to do, you, here's what I find. You will find the way to do those things. If you really want to be in church on Sunday, you will find a way to be in church on Sunday. Amen. If it really means something to you, it will take precedence over any sporting activity, over any concert, over anything else that happens in your life. Amen. There are no excuses. Our excuses are gone. I don't have any excuses. You don't have any excuses. God says whatever you want to do, that for there where a man's treasure is, that's where his heart is too. Amen. You prove it. You don't prove it by what you say. Because this right here, this is cheap. You prove it by what you do. Amen. You prove it by your actions. Amen. Oh, Brother Mark, that's a whole other sermon. Let me get off of that. All right. Number three, heavy with anxiety about the future. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Here we go. We just, it just got real, didn't it? Heavy with anxiety about the future. Anybody here have anxiety about the future? Sure you do. You're lying if your hand's not raised. Amen. We all have anxiety about the future because we are living in the end times. We, we don't know how it's all going to play out. We don't know the timetable. But we do know that everything, the stage is being set. Amen. And so what makes me nervous? I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not afraid of dying. You know what most people are afraid of? Uh, I figure most people are like me. I'm not afraid of dying itself because I know where I'm going. But I'm, it's the unknown journey. I've never died before. Have you? I've never died before. I've never made that journey. And so it scares me. The, the fear is really over the anxiety. Uh, the fear and the anxiety is really over what I don't know, the unknown journey. All right? And that's kind of what scares us about the future. We know that the Lord is in control. I've read the back of the book, and we win. But guess what? None of us have ever been on this journey before. Have you ever been on a journey of end times? Have you ever been on the journey of how the whole world comes to an end? Have you ever been on a journey of how everything happens and transpires? I haven't. So it's the unknown, and it's that anxiety about the unknown that, uh, that worries us many times. Mark chapter 14, verses 33 and 34. Now, 
here's an interesting story. Jesus himself. The reason I said all of us should raise our hand, because guess what? Even the Son of God struggled. And if the Son of God struggles with it, you struggle with it. I struggle with it. This is from the Garden of Gethsemane. And this is right before Jesus goes to the cross. And it says this, that he took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch. Even the Lord Jesus had anxiety about the future. He knew what he was headed towards. He knew he was headed to the cross. And he said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. My soul is troubled. My soul is sorrowful. Even the Lord Jesus struggled with it. Amen. So guess what? You're in good company. I'm in good company. All right. Um, maybe you live in a fear constantly. And it's hard not to let that anxiety overcome you, isn't it? Maybe you have a fear of losing your job. You know, there used to be such a thing as loyalty. My father-in-law, Julie's dad, worked for Carrier Air Conditioning, which no longer exists uh, in Tyler, Texas. But he worked for 30 years on the line. 25 years, they gave him a watch. And uh, he had seniority. Is that even a thing anymore? No. In fact, if you have seniority today, guess what? You're the first one on the chopping block because you cost too much. There's no such thing as loyalty, is there? Amen. Some of you have experienced it. Amen. So here's the thing we've got to understand. There is a constant fear now because there's no such thing as loyalty. My company's not going to take care of me. My company doesn't really care about me. They care about the bottom line. And if I cost the most, I'm probably the first one to go. So what does that do? That raises our anxiety. I'm in constant fear of losing my job. Maybe I'll be the one. My company gets bought out. What does everybody do? Everybody goes home, starts wringing their hands and worrying that I'm going to be the one on the chopping block. All right? Fear of losing your job. Fear of losing your loved ones. I had somebody tell me this the other day. They said, I just have a constant fear. I have this anxiety. Uh, what did they call it? Uh, they said, I have to keep myself busy because my therapist told me it's disruptive thoughts. And if I sit still for too long, I get these disruptive thoughts. And I think, oh, Lord, what if my husband were to get killed today? What if my mother or my father is to die today? What if... Uh, I'm riding down the road with my kids and a, a car just crosses the median and crashes into me and we're all killed. These are called disruptive thoughts. And she says, I get this anxiety and I have to keep myself busy. If I don't keep my mind busy, these disruptive thoughts come in and they, they ruin my day and they drag me down. And I can't, I can't even function because I have these disruptive thoughts of what if I get killed today or what if my spouse gets killed or what if my, something happens to my kids. So that's real. Finances. <laughs> Anybody seen the price of gas lately? Uh, how are we going to get anywhere? Amen. That's why most of you are here today. You'd be on a trip somewhere for spring break. But guess what? Finances. Where's, the, where's all this going? How much per gallon are we going to top out at? I don't know. Do you know? Listen, it's, it's probably going to go up before it goes down. I can guarantee you that. Amen. And guess what? You've been to the grocery store? Price of everything keeps going up. Amen. And so we worry. Anybody here getting a raise to cover all that? I want to know where you work if you do, amen? Uh, no, we're, stuff gets higher, but we're not getting the compensation to cover that, all right? 
So we worry about our finances. I'm afraid I can't get it all done. Every way I turn, the past, the present, the future, there's something weighing me down, weighing me down. And listen, I don't want to make light of this today, but there is depression, there is anxiety, there's worry, and there's fear, and uh, we need to learn to give that to the Lord. Amen? I'm not telling you it's going to go away. I'd be lying to you. I'm not a magician. I can't make it go away. And quite honestly, the Lord may not make it go away. Uh, Again, many times he leaves us in our circumstances. But guess what? Can I find the peace in the midst of the storm? Brother Mark, all right, I'm going to give you three, then we're going to shut her down, all right? Number one, tell your soul to remember God's faithfulness in the past. The scripture from this, we're going to go back. Remember the verse we read in Lamentations? Now we're going to read the follow-up. Verses 21 through 23 says, This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. This is the same guy that was going to die earlier. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Amen? So guess what? Remember. Tell your soul to remember God's faithfulness to you in the past. Has God always taken care of you? Yes, he has. Amen? I guarantee you that. Guess what? Everybody in this room, I hope everybody in this room, Jesus saved you. You've been saved from your sins. Jesus paid for your sins on the cross. He spilled his blood for your sins on the cross. That right there is enough to, how can we ever repay that? Amen. Christ saved you. Uh, He answered your prayer. Anybody here ever had a prayer answered by God? God heard you cry and he answered it. Amen. And listen, he provided for you. He provided for you. I'm going to tell you a story at the end of this thing about God's faithfulness to me and Julie. It's a personal story. But I'm here to tell you what I want to tell you even before I get to that story is there's been a point in time where God has provided for you, okay? Um, Whatever it was, maybe when you were struggling, God gave you a verse and it spoke right to your heart. Maybe God gave you a song during a service and it lifted you up from out of the miry pit. And maybe God gave you a message through a preacher and that was what you needed to hear at that moment. Someone came along and they encouraged you. Church, can I tell you this? One of the greatest things that you can be and I can be is an encourager. Now, if you're negative all the time and you look like you want to murder somebody, people are not going to be coming to you for encouragement. Amen? But when they see the joy of the Lord on you and they see the hope of the Lord on you, people are going to come to you and you can be one of the greatest things you could ever be. One of the greatest tools that God can ever use is to be an encourager and to lift somebody up. Not to change their circumstances, but to just wrap your arms around them and say, man, let me pray for you. Let me cry with you. Listen, that's what the Bible says we are to do. We are to pray for one another, encourage one another, weep with those who weep, mourn with those who mourn, celebrate with those who celebrate. Amen? That's part of being the body of Christ. Amen? All right. So be an encourager. Number two thing, tell your soul to cry out to God in the present. Scripture on this is Psalm 142, 2 through 6. It says, I pour out my complaint before him. I declare before him my trouble. When my spirit was overwhelmed within in me, then you knew my path and the way in which I walk. And they have secretly set a snare for me. This is King David, by the way. All right. Verse 4, look on my right hand and see, for there is no one who acknowledges me. Refuge has fa- failed me. No one cares for my soul. 
Does it ever sound familiar like some of your days? I cried out to you, O Lord. I said, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. And verse 6, attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. Even King David, you go and read the Psalms. That's a lot of King David just pouring his heart out. Cry out to God in the present. What are you saying, Brother Mark? I'm saying, your daddy, we just we sang that song, Good, Good Father. Can I say this? Your daddy has big, big shoulders. He's a good, good father, and your daddy has big, big shoulders. He can handle it. He can handle when you're mad at him. He can handle when you're upset with the circumstances. He can handle when you don't feel like he's being fair. So don't be afraid of him. He's not the big mean daddy up there with a belt to whoop you back into shape. He's the daddy who loves you and wants to wrap his arms around you. And he's a daddy who says, come tell me about it. He loves to hear your voice, even if it's to cry out to him. And so guess what? He's a good, good father. He's got big, big ears. He's got big, big shoulders. Cry out to him. Do you know there have been times where I've said to the Lord, Lord, I don't like you right now. Maybe you've never, maybe you're afraid to pray that prayer. Oh, good Lord, the Lord might strike you with lightning. No, he's a big daddy, and he understands, and he's okay with it. I know, Mark. You know what his response was? It was that, I know, Mark. I know you don't like this. I know you're not happy with the situation, but it's for your best right now. Just like if one of my sons came to me and said the exact same thing. I know, son. I know you're not happy. I know you're not happy with the rules. I, I know you're not happy with the punishment and we had to ground you, but it is for your own good. It's because I'm your daddy and it's what's best for you. I understand you're upset and it's okay that you're upset. Guess what? Your daddy responds in exactly the same way. Tell him. Tell him you're not happy. It's okay. Sometimes I think he just wants to hear your voice. And so sometimes he, he wants you to be mad because it's the only way he can get him to talk to you. Sometimes the only time we talk to God is when we're in trouble or we desperately need him or we're not happy about something. But guess what? He loves to hear your voice no matter what it is. And he's a big, big daddy, got big shoulders. He says, tell me all about it. Tell me why you're not happy. You know what? I don't care what my kids tell me. It's wonderful that they want to sit down and talk with me at all. And sometimes it's because they're telling me of the things that have gone wrong. And that's okay. I want to hear those things. I want to be an encouragement to them. And, but I can't hear it if they don't share it with me, okay? So pray, all right? Cry out to God in the present. Number three, trust in God's power for your future. And this is uh, Hezekiah, the king of Judah, said this in Second Chronicles uh, chapter 32, verses 7 and 8. It says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him, for there are more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. You know, the Bible says this, that the Lord will go before you and he will fight your battles for you. Man, God, that's a great message that we all need to hear today. Whatever you're struggling with, whatever battle you're facing today, the Lord will go before you, and he will fight your battles for you. All right, I'm going to share this story. Uh, Julie and I couldn't have kids, and we went through 
everything, and Julie had three miscarriages. Now, some of you original landmarkers, you might have been here during this time. And uh, so we were distressed. We were distressed because we desperately wanted to have a child. Uh, we had waited a few years, and so we were already kind of getting a late start. And then we have three miscarriages right off the bat. And so we can't figure out what's wrong. And we go and we have the tests, and we're even considering adoption. It's like, Lord, you know, we're fine with that. If you don't want to bless us with this, but we're distressed because we want a family. We want to begin that. And uh, time is time's getting away and all those things. And so um, Brother Mike one day says, uh, and I believe this was on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, he said, uh, well, Brother Mark, let's get a circle of prayer. And it was over there in that dome. Y'all remember this? Some of you were there. And uh, we had a circle of prayer. And the church gathered around. We all joined hands in that circle of prayer. And uh, they prayed for Julie and I that the Lord would heal whatever was wrong. If that's what he wanted, uh, then that he would heal whatever was gone, whatever was wrong. And then, uh, lo and behold, Julie gets pregnant. We get all the way. We have Matthew. Uh, Matthew is four months old. We find out we're pregnant with Joshua. And we go, oh, Lord, uh, you know, you fixed it real good. Then we had to pray for God to stop it. Uh, and so we stopped it. And then we waited a little while. And then... Uh, uh, faith was the beautiful caboose, amen, that came along. But we prayed in faith, uh, in faith, we prayed for, uh, you know, for God to heal that. And uh, then God gave us children. Well, then as uh, the kids got older, um, uh, Julie, by the time we had Matthew and Joshua, we were both working. We were living on two, uh, two incomes. And I'm not telling you this is my... This was just what God convicted us with. God just had told us that once we started having children, that he wanted us, Julie, to stay at home and raise those kids. We don't want somebody else to raise our kids. But like most of you, it was like, Lord, how's that going to happen? You know, how are we going to literally, if Julie stops working, we're, we're going to cut our income in half. And we didn't know how to do that. We didn't know. We had just, you know, as, as young married couple, we'd learned how to tithe. And I was like, Lord, we ain't going to be able to tithe if we do that. We ain't going to be able to do nothing. Everything's going to be cut in half. How? And the Lord, it doesn't make sense on paper. You ever said that to God? And God laughs at that one, doesn't he? Amen. Lord, it ain't going to work out on paper. And God just says, throw that paper away. Amen. He said, but God says, if you will trust me, I will take care of everything. And so with great hesitation, we just trusted the Lord that this was what the Lord was calling us to do. And so Julie quit her job. And we literally... Uh, cut our income in half but as you know we never missed a tithe check we never missed a meal obviously uh, we never missed anything we never paid a bill late and I don't still to this day I don't know how God did it but we had half the money coming in but God doesn't promise that he'll give you more money God simply says I will I will take what you have and I will multiply it just like those loaves and those fishes and somehow we paid every bill met every every obligation and uh, Julie stayed home the entire time raised those kids and I'm here to tell you God can do it I can't explain it all the time I don't know how to tell you I just know God told us this if you will be faithful and you just do what I'm telling you to do I'll take care of it I will fight this battle for you amen and I'm here to tell you today God can still do that God can do that how do I know he can do it because I've seen him do it in my life even though I still can't explain it Chris, come and play if you would. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning. How many of you, and I'm not, I'm not, again, my job's not here to embarrass anybody. 
my job is just to pray for you and encourage you. But how many of you would be transparent before the Lord and just say, Brother Mark, pray for me. I really struggle with worry, anxiety, a heavy soul. Would you just lift up a hand? Thank you. Hands all over. And listen, there is no shame in that. Like I said, many of us, it's just the fear of the unknown. And I'm going to ask the Lord to just meet those needs. If you raise your hand, I'm going to ask the Lord to meet you at your point of need and to lift your heart. Choose joy today. Choose to live in the joy. I'm, I can't change the circumstances. I can't change all the bad things happening in our world today. But I can tell you this. The Lord will, can give you the joy you need. The Lord can give you the joy you need. You're here this morning, and if I were to ask you, do you know if you were to go to heaven, if you were to die right now? If your answer is anything but yes, if your answer is I don't know or I sure hope so, that's not good enough. You need to know. You need to have a no-so salvation. If you can't answer yes beyond a shadow of a doubt, I want to offer you this prayer this morning. Just say this prayer in your heart and mind with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. And right now, Lord, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And right now, the best way I know how, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, and save me. You prayed that prayer today for the first time, second time, or as a prayer of recommitment. Just lift up a hand. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to have a time. Chris is just going to continue to play. You need to come and pray at the altar. You need somebody to pray with. I'll be here. Brother Martin will be over here on this side. Let's just have a time to respond. Lord, have your will and your way in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. You need to come to the altar. You need somebody to pray with you. You come forward.
Let's tell him this morning. Let's sing this. You're a good, good father. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You are perfect. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. To what? You're a good, good father. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Father, we love you today. God, thank you that you're a good, good father who goes before us and fights all of our battles for us, Lord. Thank you for today. I pray that, God, this has encouraged somebody, lifted somebody up. God, we lay all of our fear, all of our worry, all of our heaviness on you at the feet of Jesus. Lord, help us to choose joy today. Help us to choose, Lord, that we live for you in spite of our circumstances. And we live in the joy of the Lord. May it be our strength in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Hope you have a great race Sunday. Don't forget, ladies' uh, fellowship sign-up sheet over there. And don't forget the uh, life addiction recovery class at 2 o'clock today.